and welcome to BoobTube, the podcast where smart women talk about what they're watching and not watching. I'm Sarah Whitus. And I'm Amanda Toysher. How are you, Sarah? I'm okay. Um, you know, today was like the first day of work post Thanksgiving, and I had a conversation with someone at one point about, um, you know, kind of the like, uh, have a nice Thanksgiving or hope you hope you had a nice you know like if you're emailing with anyone or whatever like that like you know I was emailing and uh you know I wanted to be like no I hope you didn't have a nice Thanksgiving if you had a nice Thanksgiving um you weren't doing it correctly (laughs) I mean I had a nice I had a nice Thanksgiving I had a nice Thanksgiving my a co-worker of mine emailed a client of ours uh and he was like I hope you had a fun thanksgiving and i think that's the wrong thing to say right it was like he said i well what he said was i hope you had a fun and relaxing thanksgiving and i was like i i don't like this guy really so like i um i hate him too how dare he say that someone introduced me to uh the concept of bitch eating crackers today which i did not know about and it's basically the concept that if someone you don't like does something it doesn't matter what it is yes (laughs) you're you're going to not like it you know and i was like so i was like oh my god he said i hope you had a fun and relaxing thanksgiving and they were like (laughs) i think this is a real bitch eating crackers (laughs) like that's not really that offended that's not offensive and i'm like all right but no one should be having a fun thanksgiving even if it I was, mean, that's true. I use lovely. I use lovely, which I think covers the gamut of whatever your Thanksgiving I said, entailed. I said restful today too. Restful is very good. Yeah, because I it's feel like, like you that's enjoyed all the time that you were not working. So. Yeah. 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 I said restful. Um. Oh no! You know what I said? I I said restful and then deleted it because mm-hmm. this was one. This is our de- web developer, and I know she had been working late on Wednesday, so I said peaceful <laughs> i said peaceful. okay i just realized that's what i ended up revising it to i'm not sure how i feel about peaceful's good because that's like, no i i think peaceful's good yeah yeah but i remember i did write at first like relaxing and then wrote like night yeah anyway we're three minutes in and we're discussing how best to wish people <laughs> after a holiday during the middle of a pandemic in which well can um, i just tell you what i did what i did before the pan before thanksgiving though when i was like kind of signing off to people like and i was kind of like okay. i hope you have a nice yeah. for 2020 you know kind of like the bar is 2020 you know and like okay yeah i definitely just that. heard you saying like i hope you had a nice 420 oh okay <laughs> well luckily this was mostly an email so it wouldn't you have come across that, that was, way but i like yes. the i like, you could see I like it was where a your head is at yeah i like where your head's at um i did use the i had the whole week off which was really nice and i definitely used it to watch a lot of television that's great to hear i had i had a fun thanksgiving because well once i was done with all the cooking i did because i made Mm -hmm. 22 miniature pies um oh my god i know um wow yeah and i didn't even get one amanda (laughs) yeah just imagine um yeah it turns out the five inch pie tins I got there and came in a box and I thought the five inches was the base. And so all of my calculations and I did calculations, um, like, you know, 
pi times diameter squared to find out how much dough I would make, right, were all off. Mm-hmm. So I, they were much tinier. So I made 22 miniature pies and just gave them out like candy. So you thought the base was five I inches, thought the base but the was, whole width was five which is, inches? Like, yeah. Is that what but happened? But it was also like the whole, the whole, the whole tin was just smaller. Even if the base mm. had been wide, it's not, this is not interesting. The point is I made 22 pies. Um, like <laughs> I'm chunk. very impressed. They all, they were all great. Not nary a soggy bottom. Um, was, I have was not had a soggy profiles? bottom in four years. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I did blueberry ginger and apple crumble. Okay. Yeah. That's those sound delightful. Oh, they were great. But yeah, once mm-hmm. I was done with all the cooking, I had a fun Thanksgiving because I just like ate a ton of starch, and then we watched mm-hmm. Ted Lasso, which I will be discussing soon. And mm-hmm. um, let me tell you what, that show will make you happy. So. Hmm. Yeah. All right. I. Uh, I mean, it sounds like we both had a pretty restful, peaceful. And peaceful and. Relaxing Thanksgiving, yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about about what we watched. Um, oh, and also the last time we talked was a few days before a certain election. So, um, oh my God, it was, and we were yeah. feeling very. We were. That's right. We were. We were feeling very anxiety, very anxious. Yeah. Uh, a little bit, maybe like a little bit downer, possibly. But now everything is fixed. Now everything is totally fine. <laughs> Um, thank God. Thank God yeah. we live in the future. From uh, <laughs> yeah, we've watched so much Steve Kornacki, and um, yeah, everything everything is fine. So. Uh, that's what a relief. I know nothing to worry about ever. <laughs> now, uh, um, so you've continued to find solace <laughs> yeah. in British in British panel, panel shows. Right now, I'm still working my way through. Would I lie to you? Um, Mm -hmm. which I feel like I might've discussed last week, so I don't want to go in depth with it, but basically the premise is they have two teams similar to eight out of 10 cats and they, um, get cards and they have celebrity guests on their team. And then they get cards that have like some ludicrous story. Like, um, you know, like I once, um, uh, like left a guy stuck in it who was, a base jumper who fell got stuck in a tree. I left him there because I was mad that he took my parking spot. And then, like the other team has mm-hmm. to guess there. They can interrogate them and ask for details. And then at the end of like a couple minutes of interrogation, they determine whether it was a lie or not. Um, uh, okay. No, I don't think you talked about this. Oh, one. it's so fun. These the yeah. these people are so funny. Um, some of the stories like there's this one comedian Bob Mortimer. Bob Mortimer, and every time he's on, I like end up crying because. Um, yeah, he had this one story when he was a teenager. He and his his friends used to play a game called Theft and Shrubbery. And it involved <laughs> That's them. the most British thing I've ever heard. Yes, I know. It involved them like going into people's gardens or like their yards and like walking slowly toward the house while the people were in it's like at nighttime while the 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 lights are on, they're like watching telly and they like you walk slowly from the back of the garden toward the house and just say in progressively <laughs> louder tones, We do beg your pardon, for we are in your garden. Oh my god. <laughs> he just keeps it getting just louder more and, more and then like but he's making this all up as he goes and it's just insane and then it turns out to be true <laughs> and it's the funniest thing in the world. Anyway, um 
Is it mo- is it just kind of like a random assortment of British comedians? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's always um, the two team captains. It's this one comedian named Lee Mack, um, who does all of these shows. And then uh, David Mitchell from that Mitchell and Webb look and Peep Show. Okay. And they're yep. the two I team captains and they've been okay, doing it for like him. 15 years. Um, it's very funny. And then uh, they have just like different comedians come in as their team guests. Oh, and it's hosted by um, Rob Brydon. <gasps> Love yeah, it. he's so charming. He's so funny. This sounds like my kind of panel you, show. It's way. Be- I think you would love this. It's yeah. In fact, I'm... I think when we're done talking, I'm gonna send you a link to the one, um, one with Bob Mortimer, and you can okay. see for yourself. But it's truly hilarious, and they're pretty short. They're only like you know 25 minutes long. So yeah, I really, <laughs> I'm enjoying this journey you're on. Oh um... yeah, and it's gonna keep going because I've been getting so many recommendations for other shows, so, like. My next one is a show called Taskmaster. So, so is this just like a like a thing? I mean, it's, I guess yeah, it's like a common. Have, yeah, I guess we have this kind of thing too, but it's more often like, like where it's like random famous people competing in some way. Yeah, like yeah. they're like there was the show at midnight. I don't know. There, like, there's definitely a tradition of this kind of thing. Although it's like more like I feel like here it's more more like game show yeah like this is yeah it's definitely like there's no stakes in this um and they don't actually care if they win or not um right and but yeah there's something you know very i mean this show has been going on for like you know 15 years it's clearly popular but it's also clearly cheap as hell to do well and just like it sounds like there's a number of this style of shit you know like that's interesting to me that i didn't know about the uh yeah the british so. kind of media landscape is that they love a panel show they love panel um, shows so anyway yeah. what i lied to you is great fun um okay so i will send you a couple links after this um so yeah and i will keep you all up to speed on my my journey um I'm realizing that this section of our episode is going to be extremely, like, Brit-Euro heavy. I mean, not that that's, like, terribly uncommon for us, but um, I'm now just kind of, like, looking at the kind of majority of things that we're talking about here. But in that vein, um, we just recently, uh, the Great British Bake Off concluded this week. It did conclude, um... Peter uh, I think, won, and I then, think a, and the then massacred everybody. Won. He did. Yeah, he, I think the correct person won. No, that 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 sweet angel, um, a, uh, a mere child kid. For, yeah, who literally started watching Great British Baking Show when he was eleven because that's how young <laughs> he is, and then was just like, so this this show has always existed as for him as like a a, a cognizant person right like this is a it's like oh you know it's like jeopardy right it's like if you grow up like i've always wanted to be on jeopardy and then there's some like old person who's like man that's crazy to think that you've always known a world where jeopardy exists this kid has barely like not known a world where great british bake-off didn't exist and oh, so he's just been bless him he just started baking when the show started when he was like 10 or 12 or something the and they just kept getting better. As a child his, yes, and he just tried to be a good baker adorable. to be on the show. And I think that's so funny that, like, it was the, the show, there's something very Ouroboros about it, you know? Like, the yeah. show is what created him as a baker. So it's, you know, it's like, well, he's a shoe in. He's been, Ugh, he's been so training cute. for this his whole life. 
I know. And it's like, it's so cute. And I mean, you know, but you could easily like be doing that and like just be totally mediocre. And of course, then he's like also actually very talented. He was very good. Um, yeah. He is very good. Um, I was worried for a little while there. It seemed like very boring man Dave was going to. Yeah, I stopped hating him quite so much. I I totally did not hate him at all. It was just like, you're so unmemorable. Yeah, toward the end, I I mean, like, you know, for weeks I was like, vote Dave. Oh, no, Dave had a good bake. Oh, no. Right. Um, But by the last two episodes, I was like, I'd be happy if he won. He's he's redeemed himself. Um, He turned it around. He really, um, I've appreciated how he really left it all on the field yeah and um, i like think that his, his go for broke yeah that he decided to do it like you know these are the ones i had trouble with i'm going to show you i did better i think that was pretty uh, i don't know you don't want to say brave about a baking show well it was risky and risky that's a better quite word, pay yeah. and it didn't quite pay off <laughs> it didn't but um, um but he really went for it and yeah. i like you know i'd have no regrets if i were him i think that you know un- it's like really unfortunate how things played out with this like third spot yeah. where like it became, it was like almost immediately clear that Laura had no chance of winning this thing. No, I just, and, I like, felt bad for her. Cause it's, of course she stays yeah. in. Like, she got, she, she, you know, won the, or she made it through. You're not going to, she's still clearly very talented and a much better baker than any of us. But, um, oh yeah, but I think not a better baker than her man. No, and it's 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 kind of unfortunate because she's been getting so much abuse online. Um, I know, and it's not her fault. It's, it's not like her they fault. Made like she just like that. You know, they made that you know. choice, and also yeah. it's just a baking show for goodness' right. sake. Her mean well, will be fine. She'll she'll get some, you know, like she will deal or something. But, I hope I hope so. But like yeah, no, I was reading that also. There's like been just like a lot of like ire directed at Laura and it's like everyone chill the fuck out. She didn't do um, anything wrong. And I just felt no. bad for her that she's stuck in this final and just was she had a rough in first her... day and yeah. um, I felt I felt bad for her cuz you know, I also do think that if Hermine had stayed in it, she would have just swiped the floor with Totally. Uh, I think she could have won. Yeah, I yeah. think she could have won and she just it seemed like it a really so badly in particular. <sighs> Well, it seemed like a she did, but it's like it was one of those things where she like had one really off week, and it probably was just like the kind of anxiety of you know. It, yeah, I mean, because like on the one hand, you, know, you can't they can't just be. It would ruin the suspense if they were just like already planning ahead, and the pressure has to be there for each. You know, each episode has to matter, but I feel like they could have found a way to you know just say well laura's going um done some more editing to you know to justify it you know what i mean well yeah and also i think it's like perfectly acceptable to take in like overall performance as a factor in who's going home you know i, I mean, mean that like, would, but that would require adjusting the rules of the game yeah that's true I don't think That's you can true. just, I mean, I think you have to be, the rule of law matters, Sarah. You have to be consistent in a, its application. Well, there <laughs> are no exceptions until, you know, there is an exception. I don't know. Yeah. It just seemed like, you know, right. It was just like, I just feel like they could have done it without it being like them changing the rules. I think they could have sent yeah. Laura home and like had justification for it for that week. Yeah, especially because uh, Hermione made one thing that was like 
not a disaster. I think yeah. it was like her technical that week that was like, anyway, it was, that was a bummer. I love Peter. I'm glad uh, for him. I found this season pretty entertaining overall. Um, I know. I mean, I know there, there were like, yeah, we talked about it a little bit. <laughs> We've talked about the issues. Um, and, you know, once again, it's like, you know, build a tower cake that represents your inner. They, you they got, they got that out of the way early on though. They Some did. Of them... That's true. The, the challenges I thought got better. They did. I I agree. And like in the last, yeah, I think the challenges for the patisserie week were all good. The jelly cake thing I liked. Um, you know, I, I think the show has some stuff to address. Um, also, I thought that the end was like, I was like crying at the end. Um, the people, the bubble. I know. And then like them, you know, they did not have to eat acknowledge all of the um like staff of the hotel and everyone who like literally made this possible and like you know yeah put their own lives at risk to like make bake off happen they could have like had that whole toast to them be part of what happened in that moment but not included in the show and i thought it was really um really nice that they when they because even said like thanks edited to all into of, the show yeah they were like thanks to all of our crew but like especially the people who cleaned um and the medics yes yes and they totally did not need to like include that in the actual show that you know he could have just, yeah like, so i thought that was really sweet i was tearing up at the end yeah um, i always kind of start to tear and up then a little dave had a little off. baby at the end and yeah I, uh very you know very sweet um anyway, i'm just bummed I'm, it's over because i want another one i know and i'm Thank God they were able to, like, make it... Thank God we could, you know, be pointing out, <laughs> the you know, our critiques of Bake Off in the midst of a pandemic to begin with. <laughs> I know. I know. Really, uh, you know, the... I, I, you know, they made it happen. Um, so it's Bake Off. Um, Bake Off corner of the show. Um, another... British export uh, I was going to talk about excuse me real quick I'm <coughs> getting over my oh gross non-COVID um, sickness which I somehow managed how I managed I was in Compass Coffee a few weeks ago I've been telling everyone this I don't know if I've told yeah. you this and no a woman like two people in front of me in line she was at the counter and she just ordered and she had to sneeze and she took her she lowered her mask to sneeze she took her mask oh off. my god and i had this weird moment of just like am i am You're... i wrong am i crazy that that's crazy i i like couldn't because then i was like she should have just sneezed in her mask and i was like oh that's really gross and then i was like am i disgusting because i've sneezed into my mask like no is that gross? that's why and it just made me it. but it just makes you crazy when you're winning and i and no one seemed to be bothered by this but i'm just like that is when you don't take your mask down is to right. sneeze to just like project droplets everywhere i was literally the reason you're wearing it i can't, i have <laughs> not stopped thinking about that every time i like put on a mask i like this this woman comes back to me like i'm just like oh remember when she just lowered her mask to sneeze inside the coffee shop oh gosh bananas i mean I hope, I, and I, I, hope, and I hope later she was just like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. That it was like just this instinctual thing. 
No, she was probably like, oh, thank God I didn't get snot all over my mask. Yeah, I have a feeling not. Anyway, you don't have COVID, you just have a cold. I just have a cold. I don't even know how that happens because I'm wearing a mask all the time and like constantly. I mean, I hadn't gotten a cold in eight months, which was bananas because I'm kind of a person who usually gets sick maybe like five or six times a year. And, uh, you know, this is like... A, a rude awakening somehow tom and i both caught horrible colds that we seem to have not given to the baby i don't know how that's possible um but i was going to talk about um i hate Susie, which is on hbo max um and is a british export show uh <coughs> that is on like a sky channel hope you're wearing your mask that sneeze. In your you, you have to protect your clothing from yourself. That's true. Um in the closet. Um so I Hate Susie is amazing. I think right after I started watching it because I kind of read one kind of errant write up about it the other week and then and then over the weekend I saw just like a flood of um of of you know online conversation about it I think that the whole thing was just put on HBO Max all together I don't it's not airing in weekly installments I think because all eight episodes are up um so I Hate Susie is a show from Lucy Preble, who's a playwright, um, and she's an executive producer on Succession, and she's written a bunch of episodes as well. Um, and Billy Piper, who I think is a well-known commodity in England. Um, I haven't really watched anything she's been in before. Penny Dreadful, and um, she was a Doctor Who companion for several years apparently oh, that's such um, a gross expression a doctor who companion yeah yeah just, i'm really falling like into his the... nurse or like his concubine <laughs> i don't like it yeah i i agree i don't like know enough about the world of of doctor who to be like let me parse out her role but i did see her described as def i, I get the impression that D- doctor who always has like some young pretty Oh yeah, it's always been like a, a dude with a young woman. Yeah, all right. until until the new, until the new Who. Okay, and now there's a dude or there's a lady Doctor Who. There's or... a lady Doctor Who. I don't okay. know who her companion is. Okay, got it. I um... also don't know much about. <laughs> Every now and then, like on British shows, clear. they'll be like, "Oh, it looks like a TARDIS," or "Oh, it looks like a Dalek," <laughs> or a Dalek, or whatever. And I'm like, "I've." These are apparently just like. These are just baseline cultural knowledge cultural references in the uk and people you know they're like oh or like like on that that repair shop show i was watching they're like oh it looks like a dalek and i'm like if you say so it looks like a it's very it's very interesting to me (laughs) oh man that's yeah that's that's delightful (laughs) um i mean she i mainly think i know billy piper because she looks exactly like an old boss of mine. <laughs> um, so that's where I think I know her from is that um, I see. I just think that I know her. Um, <laughs> but 
this so the show is uh i think created by lucy preble but but both of them um kind of help bring it to the screen and our producers um but billy piper is also the star of the show as Susie. um so Susie is like a kind of like b or c list actress um whose best days are kind of behind her and she has a career that's supposed to kind of mimic a little bit actually the real billy piper's career which is like uh was a pop star at a young age like 15 or 16 oh side note billy piper was married to chris evans for like six years i, I this is not something that i what yeah i don't this i was like that was my reaction <laughs> um the- they uh, was it the same the, Chris Evans? Uh, wait, maybe I'm now understanding that it's not the same Chris Evans. Okay, I guess I'm it's gonna... another random, it's another British Chris Evans. This makes so <laughs> much more sense. I'm really glad we could check this. Um, this makes I was, I was like, that so much more sense. Cannot be. Um, okay. Wow, this makes oh, so much more Oh my goodness, sense. and does this He's Chris a DJ. Evans ever look different? Okay, than... he must be a, a British, he must also be like British famous because everything that I was reading about him was just referring to him, no commodifiers, you know, as, as Chris commodifiers. Evans. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, like um, just... I feel like yeah, he's the American for... Chris Evans is the Chris Evans that doesn't require any other like, yes, he's, clarification. He's the, he's the them Chris Evans. That's the Chris Evans. But everything that I was reading was like Billy Billy Piper and Chris Evans were married for like five years. And, and actually, like, you know, what? it's funny. if you So if you go to <laughs> Billy Piper's Google page and then you type in spouse or if you go down, scroll down to where it says spouse Chris Evans 2001 to 2007 and you click on said Chris Evans name. The Google search then is Chris Evans, parentheses, presenter, close parenthesis. <laughs> so like Google knows. Google knows that this is like not Chris Evans. If you Google Chris Evans, right. the we television are, presenter the is not going to Chris come Evans. up. This, this absurdly English looking man. Oh man, this makes so much more sense. I'm glad I didn't look this up until we got on the podcast. And I could just have this revelation unfold here. <laughs> I just was, I was so confused by that but also wasn't concerned enough to look into it earlier Ew, and also she married him when she was 18 and he was 35 yeah so she was also like a pop star yeah yeah bad it's yeah bad deal um and then she that other guy's the bad chris evans right (laughs) he does not go in the he doesn't go in the pantheon of good chris's um so on the show, Susie also was like a pop star at a young age, and then she also was like became like a kind of minor sci-fi icon um, for her role, and like also like a long-running British show in that universe. And then now she's kind of cobbling together, um, you know, voiceover gigs and various. Um, various acting jobs and and she's gotten a part on a kind of walking dead-esque show if walking dead was like i guess taking place during world war ii or post world war ii um because it's like nazi zombies wasn't that that was that wasn't that that was also a movie? yeah dead that was Snow a, or something it was a zombie movie about nazis in like sweden yeah or was it like 
wasn't there like zombie holocaust or something was holocaust i'm thinking of i think it was called like dead snow or something okay so yeah it's like in that exact vein and she's like you know lady zombie fighter on that show and um you know and she lives with her husband and and son uh in kind of the british countryside and so she um you know is kind of she's also landing a landed a job um in a disney uh in a in a new disney movie as a kind of aging princess and this is going to be like another hopefully that'll spawn out into you know a franchise or whatever and it's going to be a good payday for her and um so this is all going on this is kind of her career is hopefully being sort of revitalized and her phone is hacked and some sexy pictures that she has on the phone are leaked and you know go go a lot like in a kind of larger celebrity you know phone hack situation um the photos go viral um and as it turns out what we find out pretty much immediately that the person in the photos with her is not her husband um and you can only see his penis in the photos but uh as she puts it is a penis of color um and her husband is is white uh so it's kind oh, of immediately oh my god, oh my god. Evident- such an so idiot i definitely interpret <laughs> that as like rainbow colored <laughs> i'm such an idiot i was like a penis of color like what color is it um bless okay. you okay i love that um, yeah i mean that's the, probably the best way to put it um, yeah yeah, and her husband is white, so it's kind of just, it, you know, no one knows who it is, but everyone knows immediately that it's not her husband. You know, it was her, it was her husband, you know, I think, you know, the whole thing maybe gets blown under the rug a little bit, but that kind of, you know, titillates everyone. Um, and so we kind of find out who it is also somewhat quickly. But um, so the whole show, the eight episodes are basically the fallout of this event and her subsequent kind of breakdown um over the course of it's not made exactly clear but i think it's supposed to be just kind of the next few weeks uh, after this happens and it's an incredible incredible show i mean i it's it i think it's become a little bit rote to say that like if you like fleabag you know you would like x or whatever um, and the, the two shows are not quite in the same universe, but, you know, in terms of like a women, uh, driven, produced, written, directed show, like about women in their, you know, mid to late thirties kind of reckoning with the state of their lives, uh, which I think is something that you and I are both interested in, probably a lot of people that we know. It's really a masterpiece. Um, You know, the impact that this has on her career, her marriage, her relationship with her kid, her relationship with her best friend, who is, um, who's named Naomi and is just incredible. She's awesome. Um, It's all you know, explored over the, the eight episodes. Um, 
the writing is just like bracing and devastating and hilarious and it's really i i was just completely taken away by it um i don't know i really loved that they're the the characters are so fully realized that their motivations and i was kind of quick to ascribe um you know judgment to some of the characters which i then was kind of forced to rethink over and over again particularly her husband who um it's easy to kind of write him off as an asshole i think pretty quickly in the show but um when you really think about kind of the position that he's in which is like his wife has cheated on him it's on a global stage um and he's you know trying to figure out whether or not he wants to stay with her or she wants to stay with him and you know they have this conversation at one point which i just found really um really incredible which you know he's mad that he feels like they've you know they have like a seven eight year old kid and he's like i thought we kind of had come to the agreement that we were both gonna be boring you know and we were like okay Mm -hmm. with that and I feel like I don't do anything you know fun anymore really like I don't really get to live anymore in the way that I used to and it turns out you're like doing cocaine and having sex with other people and stuff like that and I just feel like you've kind of broken the Mm -hmm. you know understanding that we had with each other and he's really angry and he's really sad and he you know I think is acting out in a lot of different ways fuck didn't mention that, did you, when we talked about it? I didn't mention... Of course I didn't mention that. That wasn't the main... Oh, so it's that common, is it, for you to take a shitload of drugs with someone and then... No. We used to do that all the time before we... before Frank. And I I assumed that we both gave all that up. Really? Because can I raise a hand to the Critics Circle Award 2016? Fuck off! That was, like, ten years ago! No, it was 2016. I'm not boring! Okay, it's, it's, it's like it's like you made me boring. We both agreed to be boring, and then you've been off down this whole other secret hole of life. It's not fair. You haven't. That's not an accurate. Yes, it is. It's not fair, Suze. You, you, you can't just make me boring and then go and fuck this other idiot guy because you're you're fucking bored of me. That's bullshit. I compromised. Okay, I I gave stuff up. You didn't compromise anything. You just fucking I moved. That. No, you don't. Susie, I thought I was depressed. You are depressed. I'm not fucking depressed. I just need a new dressing gown, okay? I'm not depressed. I, I just need to not be with a complete psychopath. And if you don't get that, if you don't understand that I need some fun now, I need some fucking attention here, then I, I, I just, I genuinely don't think that this, that this can work. You know, but he's still an asshole. <laughs> and, you know, I, I just, everyone's, you know, everyone's very complicated on this show. And um, there's like a parallel storyline that of her, her best friend, Naomi, who's also her agent, right? like I said, um, is also going through this kind of, she's realizing that she may hate her career. She wanted to have kids, which she didn't do. And she's maybe trying to figure out if she still can. And she's um, trying to salvage Susie's career as this goes on and 
Um, it's just a lot to accomplish in, you know, eight 35-ish minute episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really can't recommend this show enough. It's awesome. Um, so I definitely, definitely recommend checking that out. I think it does work best probably as like a binge or semi binge. Um, mm-hmm. But it's pretty intense. Parts of it are the, the show is actually structured like the Kubler-Ross uh, stages of grief. Um, so there's eight episodes. And, and so like the first episode is like shock of what happened, you know, moves through. There's an episode that kind of centers around the theme of denial and anger and mm-hmm. bargaining. And, and so she's just as she tries to process what's going on um and it's really amazing so cool i hate Susie. All right. i think that if you listen to this podcast you would probably like this show <laughs> yeah it sounds great i hadn't even heard of it um yeah you yeah. would love it i think um okay good to know well we're probably yeah. gonna start running out of tv soon so i mean not yeah. really we're starting <laughs> gonna run out of good tv let's say um, right <laughs> yeah I also really need to talk about the show Ted Lasso. I won't talk about it too long since we've got a lot of TV <laughs> looking at this doc. Um, we've watched a lot of TV in the past. I month, know. Sarah. Well, you know, that's what a holiday week will do to you. Also. That's yeah. Um, well, and I did watch. So I watched all ten episodes of Ted Lasso. Um, in and so Ted Lasso is a show that I had not heard of. Which is crazy. That's so strange. Um, it's an Apple TV show, so I just got the um, week free trial of Apple TV, um, and I honestly, it, my my free week expires on Thursday, and I'm considering just rewatching it all again before I have to disable the account. Um, <laughs> and uh, because it's just, it is so fun. It's it's really wholesome, um, and it's a really feel good and kind hearted show is based off of a Premier League um, commercial when the Premier League was being broadcast on like ESPN or something. I don't know, like either way early this year or last year, um, not that long ago. And they did a show or a a commercial spot with Jason Sudeikis where he's playing this football, American football coach from Kansas, who's hired to be the new manager for the Tottenham Hotspur. And um, he basically just goes over and doesn't know anything about football. And he's just, you know, um, learning about the game. And it's a really funny ad. It's like a two minute long ad. He's doing press conferences where he's just like, well, win or lose, we're going to be we're going to be fine. And the people are like, oh, tie. And he goes, oh, right, you guys tie. Um, and he just doesn't know anything about soccer. Um, and it's it's really funny. And so they made a TV show based on this advertisement. It's a bit different. His character is a bit different. Um it's the same name, Ted Lasso, and he's from Kansas, and he's got a mustache. He wears khakis and, like, you know, ni- white <laughs> Nike uh, tennis shoes. But he's he's incredibly, like, kind and sweet guy in the show. And so he, it's very much as, and you will, you will know this reference because I made you watch this movie um, years ago, but it's like Major mm-hmm. League where the mm-hmm. evil, awful, bitchy owner um, is trying to tank the team. Mm-hmm. In this case, it's because her husband, um, played by Sir Anthony Head, um, is kind of, of like Buffy a... fame. Yeah, yeah, it's, that, yes, yeah, okay. that. Giles. It's, it's Giles. Okay, yeah. all right. <gasps> um, 
he's yes. he's kind of like a Rupert Rupert Murdoch figure. In fact, his name is Rupert Mannion, um, and he's the owner <laughs> of the team. And then they have this horrible divorce where he was cheating on everybody. So she got the team somehow, and so she decides to spite him that she's going to run it into the ground. So she fires the manager and hires this Division Two uh, college football coach from America to come and run the team into the ground. Um, but this this guy, he's so he's like very. Like not not naive, but um, he's just very good natured, and it's uh, it's just ten episodes, half an hour long, where he's winning people over, and he's just a really all around good guy. Um, and it's kind of about how oh, to be a good coach, you don't have to just know about the game, the sport itself. You have to just be like a good person and motivate your players. Um, this and so sounds nothing, delightful. Yeah, and nothing nothing about it is unexpected except for the jokes. There are some really funny jokes. Um, but, you know, you, you know exactly who he's going to win over and you kind of know the timeline for him winning those people over. You you know when the beats are going to be. It's it's all very, I don't want to say formulaic, but it kind of, um, it it doesn't, you're not on the edge of your seat wondering what's going to happen. You're on the edge of your seat because you're like having such a nice time and you, you just want to keep watching what you know is about to happen. How about I go ahead and address the larger than average elephant in the room? No, I have never coached the sport that you folks call football. At any level? Jesus. Um, and Heck, you could fill two internets with what I don't know about football. <laughs> but I'll tell you what I do know. I know that AFC Richmond, like any team I've ever coached, is going to go out there and give you everything they got for all four quarters. Ups. Uh, what was that? Two ups. Uh, oh, right. Sorry. Halves, yeah. They're going to give you everything they got for two halves, win or lose. Or tie. Right, y'all do ties here. Sorry, that's going to take some getting used to for me, okay? Because back where I'm from, you try to end the game in a tie, well, that might as well be the first sign of the apocalypse. (laughs) (laughs) Now, look here. I respect what you folks in the media do. And my door is always going to be open. All right, you can ask me anything. No topic will be in to touch. All right, one final question. Right kind there? of like a Schitt's Creek vein. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, okay. Just, yeah, much more, I guess, shortened. Um, but it's already been renewed for, I think, like two more seasons. But now you'll start seeing people... You might not have known about this show because it has such a nondescript title and you don't you don't immediately know if someone says Ted Lasso, you think they might be talking about someone you wouldn't know that they're necessarily talking about a TV show. Mm-hmm, Maybe. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think, like, there's a lot of um, people I see on Twitter talking all the time. They're like, oh, well, another person to join the Ted Lasso. It's... Anyway, it's... It's wonderful. It's so funny. Jason Sudeikis is very funny. Um, I've I enjoyed. I really watch it. anything with Jason Sudeikis and Anthony Stewart head, honestly. Yes, I, and it. Yeah. Um, the, and the other people. There's people that kind of go in. A lot of the people that are acting in it, I think, are just writers. Um, mm. Like one of the main football players, he's he's a writer. Um, the coach Beard, who's just this the assistant coach who has a beard, um, who came over with him <laughs> from America. He's a writer too, um, and yeah, it's so it's, and the, but it, it's funny because sometimes there'll be little guest spots. We're like, oh, I recognize I recognize them from British panel shows, which has been enjoyable for me. Uh, yes, I highly recommend it. It's you can you can you know watch it all in you know a couple nights, just a couple hours each because it's very short. Um, but it really just makes you so happy, and I have a clip of it where he's just doing a press conference um and then another clip where he's drinking tea and something i really relate to about him is that he also really dislikes british tea how do you take your tea 
Well, usually I take it right back to the counter because someone's made a horrible mistake. But, uh, <laughs> went in Rome, right? <laughs> yeah. Look at that. Okay. Mm. Well, you know, I always figured that tea was just going to taste like hot brown water. And you know what? I was right. Yeah, it's horrible. Uh -huh. No, thank you. Welcome to England. <laughs> yeah, get used to it. Same, honestly. Yeah. So anyway, that's my recommendation for Ted Lasso. Everyone definitely, um, you know, get an Apple TV subscription. Um, if you cancel it after a week when you're done with it, that I won't tell anyone. Um, and if you decide that there's a lot of good content on Apple TV that you would want to stick around for, um, I'm sure Apple TV won't mind. But I'm this here to tell good... you that they're offering a free week trial. So Yeah, doing it for the week is up my alley. Originally, okay. Amy um, and I were planning to each do, we we're like, oh, we should, because we both wanted to watch it. We're like, well, let's get, I'll get a week, and then you get a week free trial if we don't finish it. And we can just, we'll just have to really watch it in two weeks. Um, turns out that was not a problem. We finished it in two nights. So, <laughs> yeah. Are you still going to do an additional uh, week to explore the other offerings of no. Apple TV? No. Yeah. Right. There's too much else to watch. I decided, you know, if, if, there, a show comes along that I do want to watch that's on Apple TV, then I'll just purchase it. But yeah. um, there's no immediate reason right now. So yeah, yeah, um, that makes sense. Anyway, it's really wonderful, and a bunch of people I know have seen it, and not a single person has had anything except glorious things to say about it. So oh, do you believe in ghosts, Ted? Mm, I do, but more importantly, I think they need to believe in themselves. Delightful. So I would like for you to cast. watch it. Oh, the one thing about it that could be better is that I wish there were actually more. I kind of like sports and movies and TV shows. I kind of just love the, and we'll talk a little bit about that with Queen's Gambit. But um, uh, they, there could be more. I, I, I would have loved to see him actually in the, the practice of coaching. It's a lot of just the behind the scenes stuff or the interpersonal drama or like things in the locker room. But there's not enough of practice in games. And I really wanted more because what made the, the commercial so funny was just how little he knew and was getting confused about soccer. Um, and I wanted more of that, like of him just, you know, saying something stupid on the field or the pitch and people correcting him and stuff like that. That would have been kind of fun to actually see him learn about the game. So that's anyway. I can I can see that, although where it's also probably more expensive to like stage those scenes. <laughs> maybe yeah, because, like, you know, I don't you know, know how many of these. Play oh, but oh, but some of the, the, the players, there's this one. There's this one player named Danny Rojas. He's he's from Mexico and he just is just the happiest person ever. He just runs all around the field yelling his own name like Danny Rojas, Rojas, Danny <laughs> Rojas. And then he'll just go up to people and be like, hello, Capitan or hello, coach football is life and then just run away it's really great um and then there's this one player um named sam um who's from nigeria and he's the sweetest and nicest person and it's like it's painful sometimes how great this character is um and i really love this actor so anyway um, oh i'm gonna check this out yeah you'll have to let me know how you how you like it um yeah but yeah we can uh move on there's another show um we both have been watching um though i think you've seen them all and i'm i haven't watched the last episode um how yeah. to with john wilson on hbo yeah this um this is definitely going to be one of my top shows 
of the year when we do our it's pretty brilliant roundup like next week or whatever um yeah <laughs> we are at the end of the year um that's nuts uh, nuts um nuts. i'm a little unsure how to like even describe how to with john wilson because i feel like it's one of these things that sort of defies explanation or the more you describe it the less interesting it yeah. sounds um yeah. But, you know, I think at its core, How To With John Wilson, another HBO show. Um, And basically, John Wilson actually is a documentarian. Um, I was unsure about whether John Wilson kind of quote unquote was like a bit uh the the person john wilson <laughs> um yeah i i looked it up because i was also unsure yeah and i listened to a couple of interviews with him um and no he uh he's a he's a person i well because that's why i looked it up because i thought it was just a made-up name that nathan no Fielder, like, Fielder no about. no john wilson is uh he's yeah no he shoots he shoots documentary footage actually the one interview that I was listening to with him, he was talking about how his first job out of um, college was working with a private investigator. I read about that. That is so Yeah. Funny. Which, which I think is so interesting and like gave him this perspective on like, you know, how to look for things, uh, you know, how to just gave him this eye for weirdness in, yeah. in New York. And like, so he basically, and I can't even believe that HBO bought this. Sh- I, I'm like in awe that HBO bought this, <laughs> bought this show. Um, but like, it's basically John Wilson, John Wilson goes out and he does have a camera crew, right? So it's like a lot of it is shot by him, but it's, it's it like sounds two like the, worths of two years worth of stuff of footage for sure. Yeah. And it sounds like they, you know, especially once the show was like sort of taking more of a, a, a narrative shape in post-production, you know, if they need more shots or whatever, they send out um, an additional crew to get more, more footage kind of in the style that John would be shooting it. Um, but you know, he basically shoots a ton of footage around New York and... Um, of people doing, like, weird things. Like, weird piled things. with pigeons or doing... Or playing... Hanging from scaffolding by their knees, playing a flute upside down. Um, yeah. People being very New York. It's very New York. And, like, you know, rats kind of, like, squished on the street and, you know, just all kinds of, yeah, weird, weird New York stuff so you've watched the episode um where they where he goes to the referee meeting, that was the that meeting cracked, of referees yeah that cracked me yeah up. the scene <laughs> the scene in the in the store where the like the refer the referee store like the only referee store it's in like i forget where it was um and the guy he's talking to the sales guy and he's just like you know how many referees are in new york and the guy's like Two hundred thousand. One in every twenty people. He's like, where are all the referees? <laughs> Mellow sounding volleyball, handball, football, and soccer. How much is this one? This one goes for about fifty-two ninety-five. This is a funny shape for a whistle. So, so how many referees are there in New York? So, if I'm going about eight million people in about New York, I would say about two hundred fifty thousand referees. Two hundred fifty thousand. Yes. In New York. There are a lot more referees out there than you actually think. The city was crawling with refs, and I had no idea. If anyone knew about fairness, it had to be one of these people. Uh, 
it's I mean the show is just so I mean I think what it is about this show to me is it just has this incredibly specific you know and unique I think really enhanced by the fact that the John does have this kind of weird voice that's like a little high-pitched and kind of like yeah scrawny sort of sounding voice that is also this kind of odd delivery and, and cadence uh, of, of his, his narration. It's kind of the weirdness of everything is definitely heightened by, by his, his narration. Um, but you know, it's basically he had, they have tons of footage of, around New York and then each episode essentially is like a concept that is something that maybe John is either, um, like a problem that he's having. So like one episode just centers around he he has a new chair and his cat is tearing it up. And, and that Baby. is an episode about covering your furniture um, with plastic. But and... it becomes this entire like essay about us like materialism and the nature of things. And why, if you are just constantly worried about protecting them, you know, you right. never get to enjoy them. Um, and it's and how very philosophical. City... It really is. It's like, how, you know, and it becomes like how people protect themselves from the city and also yeah. how, you know, and then in a different episode, it's also like how people like, right. It's like, it's like each episode sort of spins off into, right, a much more like philosophical I mean, sort the one, of the concept. One where he, yeah. The one where he goes to the um, Mandela, the first ever Mandela effect conference. Um, oh my God. Which was exciting. Cause you and I, of course we, you know, there's that X-Files episode from the newer season. Right. About the Mandela effect, which is the first. Actually that made me want to rewatch this. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same. Cause that was actually a yeah. really good episode. Um, yeah. But uh, that these, like he's reading that one book and the, the author of it is just, these people are just absolutely baffled by their own forgetfulness about things. Um, which is just always kills me because I'm one of those weird people that remembers as a kid that the Berenstein Bears was spelled with stain. Because I remember as right. a kid thinking that was weird that it was pronounced <laughs> stain, but it was spelled stain. Um, so I know that that's true. And these people are just sitting in this conference room at the Best Western Plus, like just saying, I mean, this is clearly the existence of sec- like parallel universes. And like, actually, you know what? It probably could be. Maybe you didn't experience <laughs> what I did. You were in a different dimension but it's so funny to me um yeah the woman at that conference who's like i just so the internet is run by crystals <laughs> she's like what if so my only question is what what is the internet and these people are so patient crystals. and kind they're, they're oh just my so God. kind uh but oh yeah he's reading God. that one book and he's like the author is apparently thinks that he invented pokemon go cards he went to the store and saw them and he's like I came up with that with my kids a a week ago I mean in in every episode he like you know right so he's he he meets a a person you have oh my god Amanda when you watch the finale the finale is incredible because the person in the finale is his landlord who is an elderly because you get a glimpse of her in um the 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 furniture one Right, she, right, she and then this episode is couch. Yeah. largely about her. Um, and and so in every episode, he meets a person who then you know I think you know in each episode that person then or or that person kind of winds up taking a big chunk of of the episode. Um, it, it's just how he meets these people. I have no idea because they are so 
weird but like well, that's new york though it's, I it's mean, new york, you know it's it's new york and a hundred people, like people he... go by you in a minute and one all it takes is one of them to be weird and then you think people in new york are constantly talking to you you know what I but, mean? but you know i will say like you know what i sort something i like about the show though is he he also he leaves new york in a couple of episodes and he goes to new orleans and mm-hmm. uh in the scaffolding episode which is so interesting that scaffolding um, one was really interesting to me from a policy standpoint. Totally. Yeah. I had no idea. I mean, just literally, I didn't know about I any of the... I didn't know that either, yeah. Right, the history of, of why there is so much scaffolding in New York, and he goes to the scaffolding conference. But he goes to New York, he goes to wherever the Mandela Effect conference is. It's like in Wyoming or Utah or something. Idaho. Idaho. And and then he goes to Florida in the first episode for, for MTV Spring Break. And, you know, what I kind of like about it is, like, the show is, you know, in part, like this i think real ode to new york's weirdness but it's also like there are fucking freaks wherever you go <laughs> you know like well, that thing, is, is like the very... landscape of this country is like i think that's what's so interesting about new york is that everywhere. it's just super america and it's just crammed into one city and it's yeah just, well what if we had a city where people where all the different kinds of people are <laughs> yeah together, instead yeah. of you know like a tiny town where you get these kinds of weirdos, etc. And that's what makes New York so endlessly fascinating because it's not like any other city in America. It's not like any other city on Earth, right? It's so unique. Uh, um, and this, yeah. and this, it's, so it's a perfect place for someone to be doing this where they're just going around for two years just getting people at really weird moments or doing really weird things. Um, and yeah, it's perfect for that, but you, you just have so much more material. Uh, it's amazing. I mean... I could I could probably keep talking about this show for an hour, so we you know are not going to do that. But it truly, I I feel like it's really brilliant, and people should watch it because to watch it. You know the way they advertise it, they just have the you know a lot of the clips. But because what he does is he'll he'll say things like you know oh and then you know when life is feeling a little overwhelming and then there's a clip of some guy in like columbus circle just walking back and forth talking to himself like clearly you know or like it's like these visual metaphors yeah or he'll say i remember this one where he's like things pile up and then there's this woman sitting on a park bench and she's just covered in pigeons and she's like well and she's like holding out her arms as if she's like conducting you know it's so funny so he'll say those kind of things with these sites things and um so you're you're both laughing at things at the same time that you're thinking which is um a really unique experience i think i agree i've never had quite a viewing experience like this with a show before i just am in awe and so charmed by the show and it also becomes this in the last episode it's it's happening um his footage is is right as the shit the the city is is starting to shut down for covid and you know what it definitely had occurred to me like many times of course watching it it's just like it's almost heartbreaking to watch the show you know and all of its like pre-covid glory you know and like your just you know everything about the city um the uniqueness of the city just being kind of like a little robbed throughout lockdown, but, but him still managing to get weird footage amidst, you know, amidst quarantine, um, is, is really something. And, and he kind of ends the show with his thoughts about, about 
how that's going to affect all of us. And anyway, it's um, totally brilliant. It's only, I think, six episodes. So Yeah, just six. So we were going to... Um, and they're short. Yeah, they're all like, yeah, I think like 30 minutes tops. So, so we have a very special um, queen section of the show queen. today. Yes. I thought about calling the segment... Um, uh, queen for a day, bitch for life. But then oh, I remember I like that. that that's not an actual expression because it's well, just it is a card now. that I have. Whatever. It's a picture of a woman like with like a birthday cake and just says queen for a day, bitch for life. And I thought it was so funny and I bought it and I had it for seven years waiting. I'm not even, none of this is a lie. I've had this card for seven years. I bought it at Big Fun um, in Cleveland Heights, which is no longer there, sadly. Um, it's just like a, nostalgia and like toy and gift shop and um i've had it for seven years like wondering who to give this card for like on birthdays and i have a stack of just like birthday cards that i think are funny and i go through it every time it's someone's birthday and i'm like should i give it to her no because no i don't want to call anyone a bitch on their birthday but this card is so funny anyway it's called so that's i'll that. be so honored if i get that card someday now i'm gonna have, like... you're gonna be the one that gets that for sure yeah um Okay, so yes, we're talking about queens because we have three queen-related shows, two that have names in it, but they're all very, very different shows. Um, I love it. We'll start with Queen's Gambit because that's the first on the list. And it's, um, I'm sure everyone has heard about it. It's the chess show that stars Anya, Anya, a Anya. I don't know why I thought maybe it would be Anya. It's definitely Anya, right? Yeah, it'd be Anya. I have not watched Queen's Gambit, but no, I did. It's... Tom watched the whole thing, so I was ducking into it a little bit. I'm definitely one of these people who thought that it was a British show because it has Queen in the title. Well, so. it's also <laughs> featuring mainly British actors, which is funny. Like the four oh, of the main characters are British people pretending to be Americans. Like mm -hmm. Anya, I keep wanting to say Anya. It's so weird. <laughs> Anya Taylor Joy is is English, and then it also has the um the the guy who played uh, Dudley Dursley in the Harry Potter movies. Um, and then it has the kid from Love Actually that like plays the drums at the end. Mm, yeah, like, wait, Liam Neeson's Liam Neeson's son? stepson. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, that movie is cursed, but he's in it, and he. He, but it's weird because he's playing an adult. He's actually really good. Like he's good in it. You believe him, but you also kind of want to punch him because he's just. He just looks like he's a fourteen-year-old trying to grow facial hair. He's just. Cause he's <laughs> so. He's still just so skinny, and tiny. There's no. So every everyone in the show is just tiny. They just don't look like fully grown adults. Because like Anya Taylor Joy is kind of small anyway, but they're all British. But they're playing Americans. Um, I briefly like won't go. It's it's about chess, but it's also about the main character who she was uh, spent most of her or a good portion of her childhood in an orphanage. Her mom was uh, ill and like, you know, in a bad car accident and her mom died in the car accident. And she survived um, and she she's placed in this orphanage um, and she learns from the custodian there how to play chess. And this is in the, you know, the late 50s. Um, they give the kids as part of their vitamins these tranquilizer pills, which were, of course, like later in the 60s banned or maybe later in the 50s. They were banned at some point to just give kids these tranquilizer pills. Um, but she Very becomes good. addicted to them. She starts secreting them away, um, um, secreting. 
I'm having a real hard time. No, with secreting words. is a word. Yeah, that's a, that's a use Se- of secreting. Yeah. Secreting, but I said secreting. Oh no, that's wrong. Which is a different <laughs> word. Um, I just want the I just want the listeners to know that I know I said that. Um, <laughs> so she's secreting them away, um, and then she'll just like take a bunch at at night, um, and then and then while she's kind of like stoned and. Um, you know, all down, she will just stare at the ceiling and go through chess plays in her head. She kind of hallucinates a chessboard. Um, and so th- the story is about her being this chess prodigy. She's incredibly good and she's just constantly beating dudes because um, no women were really competing against men. Um, she's just winning all these like championships, invitational. She's going to Mexico City, to Vegas, to Paris. She's She's playing uh, this, the, the, the top chess player in the world, this guy, Borgov, who's, of course, Soviet. Um, and But at the same time, she's also dealing with addiction. She definitely becomes an alcoholic because her adopted mother, um, who's a tragic figure but also really great, is alcoholic. Um, and so it's, it's, the show is kind of like, one, will she beat Borgov in Moscow at the end? And two, will she will she overcome her addiction or like, will the addiction prevent her from beating him? Um, so it's pretty much, you know, just like it hits those same notes, kind of like Ted Lasso, like I was saying, it just, nothing is super unexpected though. I think the most, in, in, my favorite things about the show just real briefly are, um, the, the costumes and set design. Her clothes are amazing. Once she enters adulthood, she has really great, like mid sixties dresses um and i thought the the, clothes were awesome they're so good Um, yeah and then the set design the all of the the hotels that they go to specifically the mexico city hotel is just i just want to live there um the wallpaper there's so much good wallpaper in the show um and the the hotel in paris anyway it's all really wonderful and then also the way they do chess where i don't know anything about chess and i really didn't learn much about chess from this show I went in thinking that it was just kind of like you play it one move at a time and you maybe see ahead a few moves, but turns out there's, I've, I've now learned that it's way more complex than that and confirms that I will never learn chess. But um, <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah, but you don't have to like, you know, in like a sports move, you don't have to necessarily know everything. If it's done well, you don't have to know exactly what's happening. Like if you watch like a, a dr- dramatized version of a cricket match. Like, I have no idea what happens with cricket, but I can tell by people are yelling, like, oh, run back and forth, get the wicket, or whatever. Uh, and you can kind of follow along. Turns out you can do that with a chess match, and I'll tell you how, and it's because of really, really creative and good cinematography, and they do it differently for every match. Um, they'd have different visual tricks, or they have music, or they might have her reciting what was happening at a bar later. It but it's not the same way every time. Hmm. Um, so you don't actually have to understand the game to be really engaged. Um, and I thought that was just, I was kind of, I was kind of really impressed with how they did that. Um, the one criticism that a lot of people have had, or at least that I've heard from just different friends. Um, and there's this one writer in the Washington post, I forget her name. One of her friends at the orphanage, it's played by um, Moses Ingram, this, this young actress. And she's so good. She's a black woman and she's only kind of in the beginning and then at the end. And so she kind of has like a savior sort of thing. That's what people have been kind of criticizing that she just is, you know, the one character of color is um, 
kind of just used to help the main character. Um, but they do give her like a line where she's like, I'm not your guardian angel. I've just been your, I'm your family. And even when you were ignoring me for those six episodes, she didn't say episodes, but like <laughs> I was still following you. Like I've, I've been paying attention to you. You've, I've always had your back. Um, so it does give her a sense of like her own. I just, I think for me, I don't know if, I respect the criticism that she was treated poorly, but I think it's more that she just didn't get enough screen time. Like they should have had her throughout the show. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, but yeah, anyway, I, I really enjoyed it. I had a really fun time watching it. Um, who would have thought? So it's really one of those shows people seem to like a lot and it's like, yeah. what's it about? Oh, it's about a grand chess master. Like, Oh, right. What? I know. <laughs> I wasn't planning to watch it cause Netflix kept advertising it for me to me and um enough people were just like no it's really good you should watch it and then uh, my friend dave recommended it. i was like okay fine and um yeah took me a couple episodes and then i was i was in so you were in on the gambit yeah i was in on the gambit i still don't know what the queen's gambit is and they talk about the sicilian a lot which is a, an opening <laughs> a chess opening and openings are a big deal and i don't i don't know what it is so you finished it and you don't know what the gambit is not it's the gambit the, hasn't it's, or is, is the gambit the friends we made along the way? It's the friends we made along. And it's something okay. where, you know, you, if you, you can like risk your, uh, we're going to get so many angry letters about this. You risk your queen <laughs> with the hope mm -hmm. that, you know, it'll pay off. It's a gambit, you know, mm -hmm, or, mm -hmm. or, but it's, it's not like the opening move. Like a Sicilian is an opening defense or something. Oh you're God, I'm probably getting this all so wrong. No, you're, I was going to say you're practically a chess expert. Oh, this is, yeah. I'm, in, I'm impressed. Like if you have your if you have your pieces maybe set up a certain way you're like well I'm gonna just try I'll try that old Queen's Gambit trick see if that works on this bozo um so yeah Man. but you don't you know it's okay I don't know anything about it. I pro I probably won't um so that's all right my dad tried to teach me chess when I was a kid um it did not didn't stick <laughs> like the thing is I know I know each of the pieces like I know. I know the rooks can go only forward and side to side and the bishops go diagonal and the knights make the L shape. I know all of those things and like how, how that works. And you get to the pawn to the end, you get another something, but, um, but <laughs> you get and I was always frustrated and something. Uh, king or queen. <laughs> I can't remember. But like, if I, I thought that it was just kind of a game where you play it as you go, but I think there it is a game where if you want to do it, if you you study it and you learn all these different patterns and um, arrangements and plays, I guess. Um, and I don't have the patience for that, so <laughs> I probably wouldn't be good at it anyway. Though I don't want to do that whole. Oh, I, I would be. I'd be brilliant if I tried. I probably wouldn't be. So it's fine. <laughs> um, that's why we have television. That's yeah. okay. Yeah, she's we doing can... it for me. Right, live vicariously. Um, should we skip down to yours? Do you want to talk about the crown? The Crown, and um, I, for what it's worth, I also watched the movie version of The Queen uh, Yo, this wait, week. What? Yeah, the uh, 2006 oh! movie. Yeah, is that the one with um, Helen Mirren? Helen Mirren won the Oscar for yeah. I just feel I just figured I was on a roll, um, and that yes. and this was also on Netflix. The Queen is about the queen and royals the queen's reaction to uh princess diana's death and like how she basically just like wanted to be like uh 
what? Yeah, no, I don't, we're not acknowledging this. And Tony Blair had to kind of be like, so doesn't sound like a great strategy. Is um, that right? Is that really yeah. what happened? No, Captain totally. Royal, Shh. Absolutely. Shh. So no, Queen Elizabeth like, pay me did enough not to give watch, a shit. You, you cannot pay me to watch a show about the Royals in which I'll end up rooting for Margaret Thatcher. That is my, <laughs> that is my, that is my nightmare. To be, to be clear, I do not think that is what is happening here. You do not want, you are definitely not, uh, yeah, I've heard the show that. does not make you sympathetic for, for Margaret Thatcher. Definitely. No, what I'm saying though, is like, I don't want to be put in the position of rooting for the Royals over Margaret Thatcher or trying to root for Margaret oh, Thatcher okay. over the queen. Cause it's like, you can both go to hell, but yeah, no, I mean, I think I mean, Margaret so... Thatcher is way worse. Oh, much worse. I mean, they're both awful. Awful. Yeah. I mean, I do think what's interesting here is that it's not, you know, I don't, I don't think that the the crown, uh, like kind of puts you necessarily in the position of, um, you know, rooting for anyone, but at the same time, but at the same time, it's not like the characters are, are un- likable in fact i think you you invest you find up you wind up investing a lot in them but definitely um no one is 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 what i would call sympathetic but yeah good guys yeah i mean no definitely not i think it's pretty it's pretty clear-eyed i mean what's interesting obviously i think that olivia coleman it, it was interesting to watch olivia coleman's queen and helen mirren's queen um, back to back because Helen Mirren's is is I think much, probably much closer to you know the actual Queen's disposition the you know the crown is historical fiction you know yes. like it is yeah uh, that's what I've heard yeah it is like real events real people but just a lot of liberty, you know, taken with with everything. With like with Aaron the, Sorkin with what's that show? News Hour? News Oh, the newsroom. newsroom. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely like, you know, there's there's um, you know, liberties are taken with timelines, you know, with like things what happened when and and then I'm sure with the actual, you know, uh the actual like temperaments etc of the people but this season was hugely entertaining i mean and i have only watched of the crown this season and and the previous season um and i found the last season kind of boring i I really only honestly watched it because uh i think my mom was watching it well the last season i only watched because my mom was watching it uh when i was home at thanksgiving last year and then this season um yeah i so so i grew up with a mom who's a major anglophile and was herself very invested in the uh Charles and Diana saga. So this was something that I was like very aware of growing up. And like when Diana died, I remember watching the funeral on TV with my mom because, because she was watching it. They had, my mom had like Charles and Diana China plates and stuff like that. Like I, I remember when Diana died because my very Catholic family spent the whole month being like, Mother Teresa died too this month, and <laughs> no one, yeah, being to overshadowed. The most Macedonian. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and so like I mean, I I find the Charles and Diana story, um, which is also a major part of this season. So this season covers nineteen seventy nine to nineteen ninety, which is also just like a pretty hugely eventful time in like modern British history, and also for you know the Crown. Um, oh, yes. with like you know well yeah there's the fall they cover the falklands war they cover obviously the tenure of thatcher there's a really interesting episode about the you know the kind of thatcher versus elizabeth tensions kind of come to head which again may be like mostly fabricated you know we don't really know versus the yankees well and it's like over the the uh the south african um apartheid uh you know thatcher does not want to impose any sanctions uh, on oh, South Africa. Yeah. And and the queen wants to impose sanctions. And again, I think this is largely like... That must be pretty fictionalized. The exactly. typically does not weigh in on anything. Exactly. No, it's total, And that's also a major part of the episode. I'm right, saying that, that also, by the way, like, I'm saying that with zero authority. I don't know anything. No, no, no. That's about. absolutely... That's like absolutely... That's absolutely true. And it's part of the part of the episode where she has this very strong opinion but but kind of can't make it publicly known so it's sort of how it's back channeled through her through the press um and and then the press kind of plays up you know that becomes a major theme of the season as well you know that wasn't really the case in previous seasons but is like the monumental media coverage that you know, both the kind of Thatcher queen relationship gets, but also the obviously uh, Charles and Diana spectacle, which is just hugely depressing. Um, Just horribly as, you know, I think that uh, as, as horrible um, as you almost like, again, that is interesting. It actually seems that they kept, the Charles and Diana events pretty close to, to what happened in, in real life. Um, and I, I wonder almost... if there's just so much more public reporting about it. Oh, absolutely. I was they, actually like, kind of people knowing more about it, that they couldn't really get away with too much with st- straying from the truth or something. And it's so sensational that like, honestly, I, you don't even need to make <laughs> much up to make it, you know, a compelling story because it's just, I mean, totally cr- batshit crazy on its own two feet um their whole saga is just horrifically sad and and just very depressing um but you know jillian anderson's performance uh i could probably again talk about just that for 45 minutes but um is it awful uh is it brilliant i don't know but (laughs) i would watch it for hours it is bananas Julian Anderson. I've like also I was like, oh, maybe I've just like never heard Margaret Thatcher um speak in real life. I guess I haven't. So is this, you know, I'm definitely not gonna start now. This Julian Anderson's Margaret Thatcher is my Margaret Thatcher for all time. Uh I bet brilliant. it's pretty good. It's wild. It is wild. I mean, I still think that honestly, I think that Olivia Coleman is like dancing like you know acting just like circles around Julian to be honest with you but Julian Anderson is like a, it she's a woman transformed i can't even it's wild so 
I think if there's one season of The Crown that you were going to watch, you certainly don't need to have seen any of the other ones um, to to watch this one. There's going to be one more uh, that is, this is the last season for Olivia Colman. And I think a lot of these actors, because now we're propelling like to another 10 years into the future um, with uh, the Ooh, end are of we gonna get, uh, Charles Harry, and Danos. Yeah, Harry dressing up like a Nazi. Yeah, honestly, it's a there. These kids obviously took some major missteps, uh, like aforementioned uh, Nazi cosplay uh, for Halloween, bad stuff. But it's completely wild that Harry and William didn't wind up way more like, you know, publicly public meltdown, like just, you know, they could have really... I, it's yeah. amazing that they seem as well adjusted. Obviously, everyone has, you know, they've they've talked a little bit about the fallout from from their mom's death as adults. But like, I mean, with the, these two as parents, just whew, yeah, yeah, wild. Sure. But this is definitely the best season. The cra- I just found this season. I was like eating this up. I thought it was truly pretty. Some really remarkable episodes too. This it's gonna like sweep the hell out of the Emmys. I can just already see that happening. But anyway, that is the um, British uh, section of our crown uh, of our crown special here. And then yes. I believe there is one more. There is one more. I watched Queen. a show called Queen Sono. Yeah. Um, that's the ca- main character's name. Her name is Queen Sono. It is, uh, it's a Netflix show, and it's the first uh, show, Netflix's first African show, which I'd seen reported various places. I'm assuming that means the entire continent of Africa, um, and not including, like, North Africa, though um, I didn't confirm their definition. Um, but it is their first show... Um, that's like a, it's an all pretty much all African cast. It takes place primarily in um, Joburg, but it goes it kind of hops around the co- continent, which is really fun. It's a spy show, um, and what I really liked it was just six episodes. What I enjoyed about it was that you know spy shows are fun. They're fun, but um, and I, I'm not entirely sure how sophisticated this particular spy. Um, plot is like the, the 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 political intrigue of it um, mostly because one I was able to follow it and I'm typically very bad at following um, those kind of action movie plots um, and there are things about it where you know like they th- so the this Queen Sono she works for the special operations group which is basically from what I can tell in the show um, the like the South African like CIA or like whatever that in alias what was that fake um, spy agency? That oh, was wasn't before. it? Oh, um, was it? Yeah, what yeah, was it? but it's kind of like that. But it's funny yeah. because apparently this this agency is entrusted to protect the security of like South Africa, you know, one of the biggest economies in Africa, and there's five people working there. It's like her. <laughs> right. she, she's like she's the spy, and then there's the the computer guy. And then there's the, like, analyst, and then there's the director general, and then the assistant who happens to be her best friend from childhood. So it's like, are there five people that work here? It's hard to tell if there's more, or if they just, Netflix didn't give the show a big enough budget. Um, it's not really clear. Um, but, you know, the, and the, the, 
the plot is centered around this um, Russian crime family, the Gromov crime family that just basically, you know, have all this land and property and acquisitions in Africa and are kind of trying to exploit. They're trying to use their company, uh, Superior Solutions, which funny enough is SS, but they're trying to use the company to like as a way to like, we can bring peace to Africa, you know, and it's just Hmm. trying to, you know, it's creating like a corporate, you know, uh, uh, para state, if whatever. So, um, it's, but what's interesting is like those things happen and a lot of spy movies are like, oh, you have this evil corporation and then they'll like maybe show the spy going to Africa and they're like, you know, seeing the company trying to, you know, with at a diamond mind. And what's great about the show is that it's from the perspective of African people. Mm-hmm. The, the main character, she is, so she's a spy, but her mother was killed, um, was shot when she was like nine. Her mom was an anti-apartheid activist. Um, and the show talks a lot about, you know, it's like, oh, well, there's all this, um, you know, hope and all these dreams and like the Nelson Mandela Africa, you know, we can, we can, you know, have freedom and all this. And now, you know, we're the, the president in the show is super corrupt and there's all these, you know, crazy deals happening. And um, <coughs> it's just great that it's from the perspective that you don't often see. Um and yeah, so the the plot, you know, it's not that great, but the characters are fun. It's super stylish. She has cool clothes. Um, the fight scenes are fine to me. I'm not really always interested in that kind of stuff. But anyway, I think it's really cool that they did this show. And it's a total bummer because it got renewed by, for a second season. But they canceled it just four days ago. They canceled the second season saying that you know, time, times were too hard. And it's really shitty because I was like doing a search and the one guy who's like i think you know the main character is kind of it's her primary love interest but he works (coughs) he's he's working for this uh um uh like terrorist group kind of that that's trying to liberate africa um but he used to be a co-worker of hers and he apparently is on this um south african soap opera or as they call them soapies called generations and there was like a news article from um, like last month that said, oh, well, he, he, they, generations, the soapy gave him an ultimatum and they said, you can either do Queen Sona, Queen Sono or do generations. And he was like, I'm going to do Queen Sono. And then just hmm. four days ago, they canceled the oh, second season. Oh, man. It really sucks. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it seems like it's probably kind of an expensive show to do, but I, it, it's not clear that they, you know, through that much. Money. Anyway, so that's just, that's pretty disappointing. Um, that kind of makes me sad. But it's only six episodes. <coughs> it's pretty fun. Um, and, you know, and, oh, and, like, a, you know, the thing about the spy things, they always, you know, there's an explosion. They're like, okay, what you need to do, get, see if you can get CCTV footage, which is like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, that's, you shouldn't have to tell me, but anyway. Right. <laughs> right. Um, uh, oh, I did go to spy school. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, that's the first thing they teach you in <laughs> right. spy school is try to, try to get CCTV footage. Um, yeah, but it's, it's, it's good. And um, it's, it's interesting to see um, a show like that from like a different vantage point. And um, I was reading, I forget who, which critic it was who's writing about it. And he was talking about how, you know, it's, it's, in, you know, this is also, this is a good, you know, this is maybe a good thing, but he was criticizing it a little bit, kind of veiled about, you know, this is Netflix just kind of taking over the world. And 
is this going to make all of these shows when they go out all these different countries like similar to each other right he's, mm-hmm. he's like how how actually south african is this show or you know when you compare it to you know the nigerian like nollywood um those crazy soap operas or south african thrillers like is this are people like me am i watching this and thinking oh i oh i've seen a south african show or did i just see a netflix american show that used south african mm. um, yeah that's actors a good point and i mean it's written and created by this a south african woman like she you know she's behind it but did what i don't know what she had to do to get netflix to take it um so i was you know thinking about that while i was watching it but but i think it is a good thing to be you know giving um you know voices and like roles to um actors and writers from you know other other countries so so anyway, I, I recommend it. It's a fun six episodes. It's a bummer that I didn't get renewed. Um, maybe things will change. So mm, That is definitely pretty interesting. I had not heard of this. This is definitely one of those things where there's like so much on there that... Yeah. You they know, just bury like, it. You just don't see. This is something we complain about constantly. You I know. know. But, um, uh, yeah, and then but then they insist on telling me literally every time i open up netflix that i should watch that show virgin river i'm like you've been hiding all this good stuff for me and you're trying to get me to watch this sh- this show called virgin river i what's going on so i'm not gonna i won't watch the show you can't make me no no uh but it is interesting i i do it's like at the one on the one hand it's like that sucks on the other hand we're lucky to like live in a time where we have like more access to like, you know, global, you know, like there would not have previously been a platform for us to like. Yeah, exactly. And it's really cool because they go to these different, you know, they'll go, yeah, they go to like, they go to Zimbabwe, they go to Kenya, they're, they go to the Congo, they go to like the, the very first scene is in Zanzibar, which is so cool. um, Cause that's a place I would love to go. Um, and they're, you know, in Joburg a lot. It's like interesting to show, I think, a continent that we don't see represented in our, as a place, not just as a place, as a stopover or a place to go fix things, but as a place where people live, um, is, is cool and refreshing. So. Totally. Um, I'm glad to know about it at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we will start wrapping up because we've been talking for... An entire month. 90 minutes. But um, I, so a few things you on our watching and not watching. So you are going to watch The Undoing. I do keep getting this show kind of like thrown in my face. I feel like I kind of forgot all about it. And then I guess they had a big episode the other night and everyone on Twitter was suddenly talking about The Undoing. I'm like, oh, were y'all watching this? I didn't know. (laughs) Right. I also, I had the same, I was looking at Vulture today and there were like five articles. Like I'd forgotten all about it after you had told me about it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. I definitely, I had considered watching it and then I kind of was like, eh, I don't know. (laughs) It doesn't look like, you know, then I, you were so, you were so stoked about it though. I know. I was, you were like, oh, it's going to be, it's Hugh Grant without a shirt. And and I know (laughs) I was pretty interested. And then I kind of like immediately found like four other things that I thought looked more. Yeah. There's time. There's still time. You know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm 
might I might watch it. I might not. You know how I am about I'm I'm worse than you about saying I'll watch a show and then not watching it and then finding right. something other something stupid, you know. So um, um I And then I also somehow came across this show which was a Quibi RIP um show starring Paula Pell called The Mapleworth Murders and it's like written or like produced by Seth Meyers and it's uh just she, she's like a detective in a new england town it's clearly based on murder she wrote because like the joke is like why are there so many murders happening in this this little tiny town in new england um and but paula pell cracks me up so. oh no she's really funny she's yeah. so funny so i'm gonna try to find a way to watch this quibi show i was gonna say are there ways of watching quibi i have shows? no idea and that's weird is because i don't know how i there must came be so much this. content because like... i was like i think i was just scrolling through like some sort of list and i saw this picture of someone with like a, a magnifying glass i'm like is that paula pell and i like clicked on it and was like oh yeah it is the map uh, look remember this and then i have no idea where i saw this but i feel like i saw it somewhere where i could have clicked it to watch i don't know maybe i'm making it up <laughs> but um, the show exists i feel like there must be like when you, you know you bring up an interesting point it's like when you can't there was so much programming created for quibi and usually it's not like a show is canceled it's like when a network, when a platform when a can- is canceled, yes, yeah, not even a network, a platform, because like the are these shows can they be like you know syndicated sold to other? Sold I'm assuming, to other... right? I'm assuming that like other platforms or networks could could pick them. Uh, the thing is that the whole thing was that they were shot with this, you know, the, all of the whole idea was all of this stuff was like shot with the the you know like towards watching it on your phone on whatever your phone. so that's kind of specific but so maybe you can like download it from their website but i don't know I'm... if you have to pay for it which is a, a hindrance so wild i mean because it's like what is all that just that all of that footage just gets like flushed all of those shows just get like flushed down the toilet i don't yeah. know wild um i was gonna i'm gonna watch things i'm gonna watch um I'm actually, God, I feel bad. Like everything I'm talking about is HBO, but whatever. HBO has a lot of good programming. Um, the flight attendant is something that I was reading a little bit about. Um, suspense. Okay. There's a flight attendant. Uh, that's all I know. That's, but that's, I, that's all you know. No, yeah, that's all I know. I think it, I also think that this is a mystery. Did you watch one of those, did you watch one of those HBO trailers where they're just like, it's a show! Right, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't tell you any information about what it's about? Nope, yep, exactly. Um, yeah, but okay, I was that also explains why you yeah. don't know anything about it, um, where it's just like, Oh, suspense. wait, I did see them advertise something about this, and I was like, I don't get it. What's this about? But it's Kaylee it, Cuoco. Yeah, that's where I am. <laughs> that's where, oh, and, yeah. And, and, and Mike Mitchell, the, the Dutch guy, mm, Michael Huseman, he was okay. in. Him I'm less familiar with. He was but in Haunting of Hill House. Oh, which one? And he was also in Game of Thrones. Okay, he's, wait, he's, he's in... very attractive. Uh, wait, he's in the new. He's in the the first Haunting of Hill House, not Bly Manor. Yes. Hill okay. House. All right, I gotta remember back to what that whole deal was. Um, the yeah, so I mean, I this flight attendant. I was reading some stuff about it. It's supposed to be very good. So. I, yeah, I'm going to watch it. All right. Um, The Fargo finale aired this week and I need to watch it. I think Fargo can people, I'm, it's a hot take apparently, but I have thought that this 
season was really good. Um, and I'm excited about the finale. What are anything that you're not watching? Oh, yeah. So Hulu keeps advertising to me this Kate Mara show. Yeah, I Kate also Mara, keep you know getting... From, yeah, from, um, what's it called? Uh, um, House of Cards, the first season. She, right. um And she's related to Rooney Mara, who's related to the Pittsburgh Steelers or something. I can't remember. But anyway, <laughs> um, they... So they keep advertising this show called A Teacher, which I wrote here, like, which in keeping with Hulu's naming practices, see the act with Patricia Arquette conveys nothing at all about the show except boredom um, mm-hmm. to describe something really troubling. And in this case, it's a teacher um, who has a relationship with her teenage student. And so it's like, like, guess what? Even knowing that this stupidly named show is about doesn't make me want to watch it i I do not want to torture myself by constantly just saying just stop and get a a different job you pervert like i don't want to watch this show so and that's my not watching right it's like a mary Kay letourneau type kind of situation is what i gathered from from this of like lady teacher yeah younger guy it's not going to be any less distressing to me if that the genders are i don't i don't want to watch that i don't what, what am I going to do? Like learn either I'm going to be like, this is always bad or it's going to try to tell me that it's complicated when the truth is that that's always bad. So I don't, Oh yeah. <laughs> I like have noticed like, I'm not going to learn anything from this show. I'll only maybe get frustrated. Well, also they come up, the best name they can come up with is a teacher. It's such a bad name. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's not going to be like the, it, it's just, there's all every now and then one of these, there's the act. That was such a stupid name. And then remember the slap? That Amazon Prime or like BritBox show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yes, I do. <laughs> horrible, horrible names. Like who, who decided this? Who was like, oh, that'll that'll grip people. A teacher. Ugh. A teacher. Um, a teacher. I yeah, think what the message would be is that she's not a good teacher. What if there was a teacher? End of what show. If there was a teacher. Um, uh. The and I am not watching. Another HBO. Uh, HBO giveth <laughs> and HBO taketh away. Um, <laughs> industry, which I've not heard of this either. The only reason I heard about this is because um, Lena Dunham got like was uh, directing the. She's a producer on it, I think, and she was directing the premiere. She directed the premiere of it, um, and I think she got like stuck in Wales or, or England or wherever they were filming the show once quarantine started. Um, and I think I like picked this up from her Instagram or something like that. But then I was like, Oh, I find that I like this, this show was being advertised to me relentlessly while I was watching. I hate Susie. Um, and, uh, I was like, Oh yeah, that show the rare. And I remember seeing this on Lena Gunn's Instagram a million years ago. So it's basically Grey's Anatomy does the finance industry and that's just going to be a hard pass from me. It's like yeah, lots no, thank of you. young, young um, upstarts compete for jobs at like Britain's biggest financial services firm. Um, you know what? I would rather die. Yeah, that's going to just... Who needs that? I don't need that. I mean, that. probably not that, but I don't want to watch that. No. No, 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 no. Uh, do not need it. Young, sexy people have sex while, you know, destroying, destroying the world. Destroying the world? Yeah. 
Jinx. Oh, man. That's how I'll line up our tracks. It's just like, look for the part where both Amanda and Sarah destroy, say, destroying the world at the same time. Right. <laughs> um. Oh, God. No. It's like, I'm surprised that they didn't, you know, if you wanted to make this even worse, it could be like about them like vying for spots at uh, McKinsey or something like that. Yeah, or just, like, make a, a, a rom-com about Stephen Miller and Katie Waldman. Oh, man. Yeah. Nightmare no, fuel. Um, so that's going to be... Dude, I just shuddered. That baby's I cursed. Physically, <laughs> physically shuddered. Yeah, a witch put a spell on that baby. Put a curse on that baby. Oh, um, that's a labyrinth baby. Oh, God. Ugh. Well, on that funny, note... I guess. Yeah, well... <laughs> Grim, grim note to go out. Sorry on. to end by talking about real life Nazis. Um, but next so. time we'll we'll be back. It'll be our year end extravaganza. That'll be fun. Yes, we will go through our mostly best of because the worst stuff we didn't always watch. So good point. <laughs> yeah, but we'll have we'll have a lot of fun lists that we will be working on over the next few weeks. So we'll need to um, do top four shows that involve the word queen. Yeah, we'll rank them or something. Yeah. 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 All right. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Good.